What is going on? Thank you for tuning into your Tuesday touchdown. This is nothing personal. It's just bills. Got my co-host in the building with me, James Mallory. Um, James, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Obviously, after the Bills' epic, uh, well, they lost in epic fashion to the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, and uh, yeah, a lot of unhappy campers around Bills Mafia, and uh, a lot of surprise people around the NFL. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk about a little bit about Josh Allen. We call it gutsy performance. On we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what the hell he even had for injury yet to this point. Um, we're going to discuss the Bills' running game, or lack thereof, once again. And uh, what's up with Trey White? So stay tuned. We'll be right back. We'll talk about it. All right, so as we talked about in the intro here, uh, Obviously, if you were watching the game or if you've been anywhere near around a, a football screen or TV in the last couple of days, you saw that the Bills <sighs> was on TV for all the wrong reasons once again. It seems like we go through this once a year, right? Um, they end up blowing a 14-point lead to the Minnesota Vikings. And actually, when they, probably myself and everybody else across the country, and I think it had a 98 0.2% chance to win the game once they stopped Kirk Cousins on the fourth and goal quarterback sneak. They somehow managed to fumble the ball. The Vikings recover in the end zone. They take the lead. The Bills get the ball back with 37 seconds. Then mag magically march down the field, get in the field goal range, a la a drop pass by Gabe Davis that should have actually been reversed and should have been called incomplete. Either way, the Bills get the game in the overtime. The Vikings still win. Um, and, I mean, that's just that's just in a nutshell. James. <laughs> man, I mean, it was just one of those days, man, where it's just like <clears throat> so many things went right, but so many things went wrong as well. It was just one of those games, JT, where it's like if we would have won the game, we'd be crazy. On finding a way to win, right? But we lost, so mm. we that, right? So me, you know, I look at things a little bit different. You know, I'm a lot of people call it like an epic loss, one of the biggest losses in regular season history, one of the biggest meltdowns. I don't look at it that way. Okay, um, what do you got? I look at it as a meltdown, yes, but not one of the biggest ones in in history. Now Jacksonville. That was just, a, last year, that one was just bad, right? Where there's mm -hmm. just nothing good you can say about this. This one here, I think we could take a lot of plus pros out of this. It was some cons now, too, now. I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Please don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I'd rather go, I, I want us to go through this because this builds character, right? This builds, like as a player, understanding the, the marathon of a, of, a, of a regular season, right? Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of Bills Mafia who act like the Bills are supposed to go, you know, 16-1. and one. Mm -hmm. Wake up, y'all. They're going to lose another game after this one. They Maybe are. two. Maybe two. They are. Like, mm -hmm. they're not going to win out when the Super is not realistic. These other guys get paid to play professional football, too. <laughs> so they're not just going to come roll over. So mm -hmm. 
you know, it's a lot of positive things we could take, but it, it was, it was, it was just very heartbreaking. It was very heartbreaking. I, I think a lot of it came down to undisciplined play. I think yes. in a second. Yes. I, I, I think that's what the main problem was, was his undisciplined play. It was sloppy. Um, I think we finally saw the effect of not having three all-pros that we're used to having in that secondary. Absolutely. And, and, and you knew at some point it was going to hit. At some point, you don't get away all season with not having a Micah Hyde, not having a Jordan Poyer, not having a Davis White. You just—it's just not realistic. Like you always say, it's not realistic. You don't get away with that all season, mm-hmm. and it finally reared his ugly head. I—I'm I, not gonna lie. I'm—I was shocked about the Cam Lewis started strong safety. Um, and I think I was more shocked at it because it's like okay. You're taking a guy who really doesn't play this position, and you're and you're putting him there. You're putting him there when you just traded for Dean Marlowe. And I, I mean, I would assume that it wouldn't take this much time to get him reacclimated to Buffalo system since he played here for three to four years. Hmm. You can't put Jaquan Johnson back on the field anymore. So if if anybody is wondering how we got to this Cam Lewis starting at strong safety move. And I said it last week, it's because Jaquan Johnson played so damn horribly in the games that he played. And I was very disappointed because I was very high on him. But he looked completely lost. He can't tackle. He can't cover. And he's slow. And and like I said, I I don't you guys know me, I don't like to try to bash players, but I'm not bashing. This is just what it was. You just keeping so th- keeping all the way official right now. That's, that, all. that's how we got to Cam Lewis and strong safety here. Um, on top of lack of that. And like I said, once once we go back, I have to go back to the preseason with possibly maybe we should have held on to Nick McLeod, like you said. I mean, you know how I was pounding the table for keeping him. I was, <laughs> man. I just I just thought it was done. I thought we should have kept him and let and cut Cam Lewis. I thought it should have been the other way around. Because I think Cam Lewis would have slid through the cracks and wouldn't have been able to sneak him onto the practice squad. I just knew Nick McLeod was too valuable. And he brought a dynamic of the secondary that we didn't have at that time. And that's just that versatility and that speed he has. He plays really, really fast. So. Right. But I don't want to get too far off topic, right? So let's just get started with this. The Bills offense. Defense is playing spectacular in the first half. We, we caused two turnovers in the first half. Josh Allen is... He's managing through. He's managing through the elbow. He's managing through the arm. We're playing very smart football at this point in time. We go into half. I think we go into half with 24-10, was it, that we went into halftime? And we're looking strong, right? We're running the football. Devin Singletary has two touchdowns. And then we come out after halftime. And something happened. And I'll, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, what, what really happened and – this goes out to all you Tremaine Edmonds doubters, to your Tremaine Edmonds haters. And I'm not saying he's Roquan Smith. We've never said he was the best linebacker in the league. We've continually said, me and my partner right here have continually said, he's not an elite linebacker, but he's a good to great linebacker, and he's a top 10. And you saw the impact for maybe the first time that we really, really, really felt it with him not being there in that second half because that right there was your big swing. You got to pay him. Mm-hmm. You got to pay him. Mm-hmm. And that showed 
you know, just this impact of being able to fly around, just be a sideline to sideline, man. Dude, and then you got to realize when you drop back, then you got a six foot five dude and sitting in the middle of the field who can run. That changes a lot for offense, you know. Um, man, it's just he showed his value, man. And and all these people that talk that nonsense about him, mm-hmm. that dude can play, man. And he showed how valuable he is to his defense. Yeah, no, I, I think we saw it. And I think, too, like I said, uh, Cover One released a very good film on him as far as uh, what he did in that game every play. And his coverage is has gotten a lot better this season. And if you go get a chance, go, go catch that on Twitter. It was a very good uh, video. Um, we lost the man in the middle that, that held everything together with the young kids in the back. And once he went out, all hell broke loose. Let's be honest, all hell broke loose. And now we said, I love Matt Milano, but Matt Milano is an outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. He doesn't control the middle of the field. He does not make the defensive calls. And first of all, those two guys, they work, they work together. They, I like and this is cliche, but they're Edmonds and Milano are peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. One, yeah. one does not work without the other. They work really, and, really well together. And I need people to understand that. You know what I mean? They were that's how they they roll. They work together. And what you take one out, the other one is not as productive. And we've seen this time and time again. So either way, Edmonds goes out. Uh the defense completely goes to hell. Justin Jefferson. And you know, hats off to that kid. That that dude, he may be the best receiver in the NFL right now. It's a discussion to be had, man. He's in the discussion. You can't I, talk about it without mentioning him. I mean, you're talking about tough catches, contested catches, one-hand catches, in the middle of the field, intermediate routes, long routes. I mean, there's not there's not a route on the route tree that he can't run. And mind you, the Bills had a lot of sticky coverage on him. Dane Jackson had Dane Jackson had a pretty decent game on him. He did. As far as coverage going, he wasn't getting just getting blown out the water and and, and he, you know watching the back of his jersey. He was there in a lot of these plays, and kudos to Kirk Cousins too. Kirk Cousins put a lot of balls in the money. Yeah, he did. He did. He so, played solid football, man. So don't 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 get me wrong. This is not all about the Buffalo Bills. The Minnesota Vikings are seven and one, and they're no slouches. Now, mind you, I think this game went the same way that a lot of their other games have went where they fought back in the second half, won late. So I don't think that they're as good as their record says. And even from this game right here, I don't think they're as good as their record says, even coming out on top of it. But in the day, they got the job done. They've been finding ways to get the job done. And that's how you get to the postseason. But, uh, what do you think about the defenses this week? I mean, I thought they played admirable admirably and I thought that they they gave the offense an opportunity to win this game for the second week in a row my thing is this when the offense continue to give away possessions mm. I mean you putting the defense in the mess of positions man I think I mean that defense to be missing the players that they're missing I think they're playing phenomenal man I mean think about it you missing the all pro at corner two all pro safeties mm. And you hate and you balling. You played good enough to beat a seven and was seven and one team. I mean, people gotta give them credit. I mean, mm-hmm. they they and they came through in a lot of clutch situations. Hey, we needed you to stop them on the one. 
They stopped him on the one. Every time we needed him to make a play, and, and listen, we needed him to stop him in overtime. Okay, force a field goal. Guess what they did? They stopped and forced the field goal. If the offense isn't helping out there, that's a problem. You know what I mean? The defense, I think they play well. I got no beef with the defense at all. Even the Justin Jefferson, a uh, huge day. You know, it, it, it hurts. Um, it's a great wide receiver. But not too many other people did anything. So, no. somebody had to eat. So, you, you, some he ate, but nobody else did nothing. Delvin Cook, you take that one run away. Yeah. He was, he was, he played poor. He was pedestrian. Yeah. If you, if you take the one run away, Delvin Cook, I think outside of 81 yard run, I believe he added, he averaged 2.9 yards to carry the other, on the other 15 carries, whatever it was. So, yeah. like I said, that run right there was that highlight of the game. That you saw, boom! This is exactly where we missed Tremaine Edmonds. He would have made that you, play. You gotta imagine that he's gonna be there, and you also have to imagine that if you don't have a cornerback switching to strong safety, that he takes the proper angle to catch him as well. Yeah. It was just, it was just, a, it was just a poor play all around for the defense. Um, Dotson was slow to react. You know, it, it was, a, it was a lot of things. You know, um, I just feel that. No, they'll bounce back. Like I said, it's 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 no time to panic. But I'd say this: if they lose one 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 of these next two games, I, I think then you better start you be, you you better start panicking a little bit. Um, I I, I I I even this week, I don't think you don't you do because when it's. Mm. You you and I'm not saying this it's an excuse to, but if you do lose, mm. you get somewhat of a okay. It's not panic mode, but listen, we moving with a sense of urgency. Yeah. You lose to the damn lions, man. Now we talking panic mode. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I think that's a little different. Then you're going to run from there. I think these next two weeks are the weeks where you like okay, let's try to get our groove. But after mm. a lions game, after you get that extended rest after that Thanksgiving, that Thursday game. You got to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. You got to whooping ass then yeah. in that season. I, you know, I don't know. Like I said, it's just, it's a lot. And I, I keep telling myself, like, listen, we're going to get two of these all pros back. And that should shake things up. That should fix, that should fix a lot, right? Now, I, I'm going to give you guys a little tidbit on Tredavious White. I know a lot of people are, are wondering. Uh, now I'm not gonna release everything that I know because I'm just not. I ain't. I, I just don't do that. I do get a lot of information. I just don't release it. I, it's not. That's not who I am. It's not what I do. Um, Tre'Davious White, just for record, he's healthy. So, and I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything else. But just know that he's healthy, and when he comes back, he's ready to go. I'll leave it there. But. <laughs> And trust me, you can trust OJTs. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't blow smoke up your ass. He's healthy, and I'm just gonna leave it there. Okay, I know that a lot of people have been wondering, like, yo, did he have a setback? Did he hurt? No, he's healthy. He's good. He's conditioned too. I think he'll be playing this week. What do you think, James? You think he's gonna be out there this week? Yeah, I think he's playing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm fine with, I'm fine with him sitting. Like, dude. We don't need just pop. Okay, listen. Mm. We need we need our guys healthy for this the stretch of the season, last stretch of the season. Mm. People tripping right now. 
Mm. Man, we want our dudes fresh. We don't not want none of these injuries lingering. And mm. Dudes playing on bad ankles and bad descent and third. We get to week 16 and dudes still limping around. Get healthy now. Now is the time to get healthy. You want to be hot at the right time. Right. And I know Ray Cruz asked us he's in a depression state. No. He's he's mentally fine. This it, it's 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 some things happening. He he'll be back out there. And when he be back, when he's out there, he'll be the Central Davis boy. Don't don't worry. Like I said, I'm not gonna say everything. I'm just gonna say that he's healthy and just expect his return pretty soon here. Um But we gotta talk a little bit about the uh the pass rush. I I thought the pass rush did a, had had a pretty solid that game. Um I think they got worn down a little bit though. And I haven't Greg Rousseau definitely showed. Think about all them extra possessions. When the turn when we had three turnovers. Uh you go ahead. I I'll figure it out. I think I think we did. Yeah, we had Yeah, so if you give yeah, it four possessions, right? those are extra possessions, our defense is on the field. Then they mm-hmm. had some drives there. So man, them dudes played a lot of football, man. They I mean they they did. But I think I think that they, they performed well enough for us to win. That's the bottom line. I think they performed right. well enough for us to win, period. Well, you got to figure out, we've had three losses, and in all three losses, they've performed well enough to win. In all three losses, they've stopped that opposing offense and gave the ball back to our offense <laughs> to win the game. And this is what we paid this, this our quarterback $258 million for. This is what we paid Stephon Diggs $94 million for. This is yep. what we paid Dawson Knox $54 million for. And that's why we have Deion Dawkins at $14 million. Mitch Morris at about $14 million. Roger Saffold had a good five million dollars this year. This is what we, and Ryan Bates on a seventeen million dollar extension. This is what we have them. This is what we're paying for, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So there's no excuses. So that brings me back to the offensive side of the ball. Josh Allen. Two weeks in a row here. He's completely struggled. Um, in the fourth, third and fourth quarter of games. And I know how much Bill's Mafia loved Josh Allen, and it seems to me that a lot of times when it comes to Josh himself, we like to not hold him accountable and not place blame. And I understand that football in any sport is a team sport, but I'll just be real about this. Josh Allen's performance in the third and fourth quarter of the last two games is probably 80% of the reason of why you have lost these two games. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be being fair to the rest of this team if I didn't hold him accountable. And I'm wrong. I, I don't think Josh, Josh doesn't make excuses. He holds himself accountable. He probably holds himself accountable before anybody else can. But I have to say it live because a lot of people refuse to do so. Josh Allen is 80% of the reason that we've lost these last two games. And I think the biggest problem is, is we've built our whole identity and our team completely around him. Where if he struggles and he doesn't go, we can't go. And that may be the biggest problem that we have moving forward. And that's something down the line that we have to change. Yeah, I mean, that's why you have a franchise quarterback. You're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Live and die with it. you got to build around your franchise quarterback. If you don't, you're failing that guy. Which, if we didn't build around him, 
we'll be failing him. I think we did right by him. But the thing that what sucks about that is if he is struggling, he's going through what somewhat of a slump or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you gotta sit that gotta sit on your shoulders, homie. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what's happening right now. It's, it's sitting on him. He he can't turn the ball over the way he is. Um, you know, he has to get back. We're not, we know he's going to be fine. Like I said, I think he's the best quarterback in Bill's history. Um, that's just what it is. Um, but there's guys around him who aren't playing championship and winning football either. So mm-hmm. that doesn't help. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, your third, fourth guy has got to step their game up. Mm-hmm. And you got to help, help him out. So... That's what it is. Um, we have a question here, and I actually want to get to this. You know, you're right, Hector. Hector wants to say, can someone explain to me why Cam Lewis was trying for interception on 4th and 18? What was his logic? Do coaches not go over awareness? There is no upside to interception in the past, which helped Justin Jefferson catch it. No one's going to talk about it. No, we, we talk about it. I mean, I don't really – I mean, I think you pretty much explained it all yourself in your question. It's – I mean, I listen, I respect Cam Lewis. He's a hustler. He's grinded his way to NFL. He's grinded his way to keep his keep himself a job in the NFL. But once again, it was a boneheaded play. It, 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 they teach you in little league. You knock that down. You know, um, boy, it, it's it's easy to say that when you're not on the field and you're not caught up in that moment as well. And, and, and as a player, he's a young player. It's not making an excuse, but it's just sometimes mm-hmm. it's just. A reaction, you know what I'm saying? Like that's why people say experience, being a veteran, knowing what to do in these situations, right? Mm-hmm. That's why people say experience matters. You got an experienced guy, they batting it down, right? Mm-hmm. You, it's sometimes just your reaction, the ball in there, we gonna come and catch that thing. It's, some, it's just that's what it is. Sometimes it's just instincts, you know. So should he have knocked it down? Everybody agrees he should have. He even said it. But it was a situation where he was just playing ball at that time, man. And that's what make yeah. that's what make these guys great in the NFL, where they play ball and they make decisions on the fly. Usually ninety nine percent of the time they, they make the right decision on the fly. Mm-hmm. But well, unfortunately that one percent for Cam Lewis in this situation cost us a big play. You know, and Cody Wells says he took it to heart, you can see the motion in his eyes. And that's why, like I said, I don't want to jump on a kid. I don't want to bury him. You know, I, I've known how hard Cam Lewis has grinded to get to this point. And you know what? In the day, he made a he made a he made a, a bad play, and he didn't necessarily have a horrible game. He just made a couple of mistakes, but possibly because, like you said, experience and B, he's playing a position he does not play. And, and you know, just realize what people got to do is sit back, y'all, take emotions out of it. Mm. Think about how much the be- better the Bills are going to be. Let's say week was eighteen weeks, week sixteen. <laughs> Think about how much better of a place we'll be in. So our backup, all of our backups are going to have valuable reps. Our backup safeties are going to have valuable reps. You got Jaquan Johnson and Cam Lewis are going to have valuable reps. Mm. Let's make sure, you know, Poirier's healthy. So God forbid if Poirier got to go out or or Hamlin got to go out, you got guys who have played that's backing them up and got valuable reps. That, that fall off isn't going to be so significant anymore. In the past, if Poirier... Or high would have went down week sixteen because we were so dependent on them, we would have been screwed like real, real, real bad. We didn't know right. what Hamlin them can do, right? Then you look at the cornerback position, Trey White, right? Trey White healthy, we know that he's going to hold it down on that side. 
Now you got three dudes who can ball that's going to play opposite of Trey White. You got Dane Jackson, um, yeah. you know, and the two rookies. Those three have started and played significant amount of time this season. So you got so much experience and just so many valuable reps that have been played with these guys. This team is going to be so much better. So many people, they so short-sighted. They so now. They think it's so now and win right. Win this game. Win this game. Yo, come on, man. Come on. It's, and why do you think Von Miller has won Super Bowls? He ain't tripping. He know what it's about. Right? So you want to be healthy at the right time and you want them reps. Then you look at even Dotson. He's gotten some valuable reps this year. The whole D-line. All of them. Balling. So... Yo, just chill, y'all. We good. We good. Just chill. Right. And like I said, I don't even think it's – the reps are definitely invaluable. And obviously, you're going to add a D-Marlo to that. And I know Ray Cruz keeps bringing up um, Xavier Rhodes. Now, I think what I think a lot of fans want to see Xavier Rhodes thrown in, but I think we have to take into account, right? The day he got here, he got hurt the day after he got here. So, that means he hasn't practiced with this team at all pretty much. Yeah. So, he um, – Practice squad IR. Yeah, so that means he a he's nowhere in he's not conditioned because you can't practice on IR, and I'm, I mean I doubt he's practicing here with that hamstring the way he did it. So you can't practice on IR. So he's not conditioned. He probably doesn't. He has no experience with this defense yet. You know, maybe he knows the scheme somewhat, but that's not a guy you can put in the field. You can't. There's no way to put him in the field over Benford right now or it's Dane Jackson. There's no. So. But I'm going to tell you, one, one thing that's going under the cracks, right, speaking about their, their valuable reps, the Bills moved DeMar Hamlin into free safety this week. And I think that's on purpose because you're planning for Jordan Poyer's return, but the last couple of weeks, they had been, before Poyer got hurt with his elbow against Green Bay, they had been Hamlin to place free safety some, some, some uh, drives and Poyer played free safety. They were switching them back and forth. At free safety, Jordan Poyer is still a very good football player, right? He's a good football player. At strong safety, he's a lead at his position. Oh, yeah. And I think the goal is to get him back to his natural position at strong safety and put the Band-Aid at free safety and let Hamlin learn that, um, which is going to make Hamlin better moving forward because now he's going to understand both safety positions. So when he has to cover for his man at free safety, when this man's running down the middle or running a certain route, He's going to understand what his free safety's job, along with his job, is that strong safety or vice versa. Yep. So it's going to be some of the best tutelage for him. But I think that's a very under-the-radar move that when Jordan Poyer does come back, he may be returning back to his natural position that strong, which that changes a lot, especially against the run in the, in the short pass. We saw it against Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he he's earning himself a starting role for next year, off top. Mm-hmm. I think so too, I, and I think that you know I I'm with you. I'm not sure if Michael High is going to put this jersey on again, or any jersey on again. And if he doesn't, then yeah, I, I don't think you're going to resign Poirier at that point in time either. Because when you look at the cap space, it just doesn't it doesn't add up. Yeah. And I, and like I said, and I want him back bad. You know, that's my man, 100 grand, but it just doesn't it doesn't add up. But back to the, the offense here. I know a lot of people will talk about this running game. And I was encouraged with the running game when we first started the game. Devin's getting the ball. He gets two early touchdowns. James Cook looks good. 
He's getting about four yards to carry. And then the fumble happens with Devin. And to me, it seems that we look for any reason possible, any certain mistake for our running to, to just go completely away from the running game. And then happened again. Even in the game where all week it seemed like Josh Allen's elbow was ready just to fall off the, the bone, right? His elbow was just going to fall off. We don't know if he's out for season. We don't know if he needs Tommy John surgery. We don't know if what's the severity. Oh, he's not he's not practicing this week. We gotta wait till the swelling goes down. And somehow, some way, even with his arm bandaged like monster cheese or something like this. We still find a way to throw the ball 43 times with a half an elbow, supposedly. That's a flaw and a very big damn flaw. And it's been a flaw. And it's been a thorn in the bill side for three years now, and it's going to continue to be. I, I don't consider it that because that's not who they are. You ask somebody who's a passing team to run the ball board, it's just not going to happen, right? It's like, let's go basketball. That's like saying to the Golden State Warriors, all right, y'all got to post up 30 times a game. Not 30 times, it's a little extreme. Mm-hmm. You got to post up more often in the game. That's just not who they are. They're they going to shoot the ball. The Buffalo Bills are going to throw the ball, right? You got Steph Curry, you got Klay Thompson who can shoot. You got Josh Allen. You got Stephon Diggs. I mean, that's that's their identity. I don't ever think. I think if we if we're expecting that, it's not gonna happen. Um, I wanted to a little more, um, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. That's the problem. I, and that's what honestly pisses me off about it, is because I don't think it's gonna happen. And I think that as football fans. Football fans, football analysts, football coaches, former football player in in your in, 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 in your area, we realize that at some point you need this to happen. Now when you least expect it though, they're gonna use it. Because the one thing you can say, mm-hmm. one of those running backs, knock on wood, are injured. Yeah. We we them dudes gonna be fresh. No, they will be. But the problem is James is I don't think that they. I don't think that they have the practice reps to use it when they need to use it. They don't. They don't. Well, they. They don't practice it to run it thirty times a game. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we produce in the running game. It's not. And once again, you got to account for Josh in it. We produce in the running game, no matter if it's off script or not. It's running the ball. You know what I'm but saying? See- and it, it's. See, but that's where I, I kind of disagree, like I said. I and mean, we were talking about this last week, right? Like, I don't think you can equate Josh Allen to the running game. I, I get it, right? His yardage goes to the run game, but those are not designed run plays. And I, thank God we've got away from the, the 10QB sweeps that we were running, putting them in harm's way the last couple of years under Brian Dable. But when you really think about it, when we need those couple yards, we can't get them. And guess what? Into that game, we actually cleared, and I don't know if you guys saw the picture I put on my blog page, but there was a nice gap between 
uh, Mitch Morris and no, I'm sorry, Ryan Bates and Spencer Brown on that right side, which I think Allen was going to when his quarterback sneaks. If you guys noticed the last couple of years, his sneaks now they don't go up the middle normally. They either go to the left or the right, and that gap was there. But once again, in another short yarded situation, we did up. You know what I'm saying? And that's and that comes with reps. That comes with rushing. That comes with something that's unfamiliar territory to you. And when we get within the five yard, the five yard line, besides this game, we can't run the damn ball in the end zone because it's unfamiliar territory. And I think as an NFL team, short yardage situations should never be un- unfamiliar territory. It's too crucial to the game. When they say, "Hey, this is a game of inches," we saw that with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. It's literally a game of inches. And when we and when we need to enter a yard. I'm not confident we can get it. I get it, um, and that's fair. But let me ask you this: mm-hmm. what's the what's the purpose of running the football? To control the clock, wear the defense down. Okay, I'd say, I'd say. Okay. Well, the purpose for the Bills running the ball is a little bit different. Okay. Purpose for them, the, the, the purpose for them running the football is two things. One, to keep the defense honest, and two, if you run inefficient enough, you bring another guy in the box. Mm-hmm. So if you put seven in the box, what happens? The Bills have a jillion yards, right? You keep six in the box, we're going to use Josh Allen, we're going to run the ball here and there to kind of keep you honest and kind of kind of bring you up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's their, that's why they, what, you, what you're explaining why run the ball and why they usually run the ball are two totally different things. They have two totally different philosophies on what they're trying to accomplish when they run the ball. Because the, the second you see a team ever put seven in the box against the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen will break the Buffalo Bills passing records for yard, yeah, record for yards in the game. It will be just bad. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? They'll eat them up. And so they, what they're doing is they're, they're strategically, they're using Josh – Okay, you want to you want to drop those? You want to drop seven? Okay, cool. So now we're gonna get a lot of off scripted runs, and that's that's you got to account for that in the running game. You do because when 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 Ken Dorsey sit down and he drawing up his game plan for this week, he'll say, okay, we're gonna give them this look. If they run this defense, they got us. But at the same time, how the hell can they contain Josh if he take off? That's accounted for in the running game. That's part of the, that's it's it's unscripted to you. But it's scripted in the minds of the guys at the OC that's calling the plays. I can tell you that because I was in the offense like that before. Right. And CCSU, our quarterback, Aubrey, Coach Likens, would literally say, okay, we're going to run this. We're going to run. We're going to run this play. All right, if they play this coverage, oh, man, they got us. But guess what? Aubrey going to take off and run for 15 yards. He can run. He can hurt them with his legs. And that's exactly what. Dorsey, y'all saying, okay, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Yeah, I get it. And you're mm-hmm. right. But at the same time, you got to think outside the box and think what these guys are paid millions of dollars to do. This is what they're this is what they're thinking. This is what they what they do. And, and if it all fails and these guys are dropping, we run in routes 15 to 20 yards down the field, right? We run crossing routes at 8 to 10 yards. You got a middle linebacker who drops. You may just say you got the Tampa two. This running, this linebacker drops fifteen yards. Mm-hmm. Who's accounting for Josh Allen? Mm-hmm. That's, 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 a part, that's a part of your run game. That's right. a part of your run game. But, but then, then again, 
untraditional, but it's a party on Runyon. But see, that's my problem, though. And I, I, I love the explanation, and I, I don't disagree with that in the Florida offense, right? But at the end of the day, we're ranked number, we rank 21st in the league right now in red zone, in our red zone offense. Mm-hmm. That's We're converting 52.94% inside the red zone. And oh. mind you, just two years ago, we were one of the best, if not one of the, maybe in the top three of red zone team offenses in the league. And that's where I have a problem with it. Because now you get to that cadence field and you're depending fully on Josh Allen's arm on a cadence field to, to score the to score these seven points. These seven I, points, right? I, I get it, but no. Who are you paying $54 million to? I mean, listen, I get that part, man. And I'm I, just asking. I, but we, I, we paying Dawson Knox at $54 million. Yeah, He's paying $54 million as a tight end to produce in the red zone. But, but we both. $4 million to stretch the field. But we both agree that we don't think that that should have been the person to get the first deal. I agree with you why they paid him. No. I see it because he's been your red zone target in the last couple of years too, right? I think that's 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 the issue when, when you look at it. He's paid fifty four million mm-hmm. for that reason. He's not fit to pay fifty four million to stretch the field. Right, you paying him fifty four million, he's gonna catch. He gonna stretch the field out. No, you pay fifty four million to make sure we got a legitimate target, a six foot five, two hundred and sixty five pound target, and a weapon in the red zone. And he's not that. He has not been that so far. No, it couldn't agree more. But once again, that what I say. There's a flaw though, because. I mean, first of all, I, I don't think you know. I don't think that paying him the fifty-four million was, was the correct move, and that's nothing against Dawson Knox. I, I think we said in offseason we thought he would sign somewhere else for fifty-four million. I don't think that that someone wouldn't have gave it to him. I just thought that there was more pressing needs. I thought the Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds would have been a more viable option to give that money to first. But then again, once again, this brings me to my next point. The Bills are allowing Josh Allen to influence this team, as they should. He's a franchise quarterback, but he's also influencing the offense. And that Dawson Knox $54 million contract extension was the direct impact of the influence of Josh Allen. Because logically, when you have Ed Oliver coming up, when you have Tremaine Edmonds coming up, when you have Jordan Poyer on the, on the board, and you've already allocated that money to Mitch Morris. You've already allocated that money to Stephon Diggs. You've already allocated that money to Ryan Bates and Deion Dawkins. And that more money to Rodgers Heffold, it really logically didn't make any sense. And not to say that any of those other guys were going to get the extension, but if you didn't want to give those other guys an extension, then you shouldn't have gave anybody one yet. You should have just waited. Mm-hmm. You could have sat and waited. But I agree with you. Dawson not supposed to be that red zone target. But we've seen this the last couple years. And yes, he has gotten better with his consistency. But he's still consistently inconsistent. Yep. He's an up and down player. He goes in waves. And when the wave is not good, it ain't good. And I don't know if that's a direct uh, effect of the play calling. Because like I said, second half of that game, we actually the final drive, we started getting Dawson Knox involved. And I think, too, a lot of it is Josh Allen missing him underneath. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it's just a few things that's just not clicking. Um, I don't I don't like to get into the analytics part of it um, because there's so many different 
numbers and things. You know how that can go. Um, mm-hmm. I just I don't like to get into the analytics part. So we we got to be better in the red zone. I think that comes from Dawson Knox got to step up. I think that comes from Gabe Davis got to step up. You're a bigger target. You got to be able. You got to be a target in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I just think that's those are two key components that's that's really been inconsistent right now. That's really skewing those numbers right there. And I just don't think I just I just I always knew what they expect in the running game. If I was running back on this team, I would I would know and I would I would know what's going what's happening every week when I go out there on the field. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm. I just don't think that'll never be our identity. If we ever, no. if that's gonna happen, we're gonna be upset. I mean, we would. For being who we are, I mean, we wouldn't pay two hundred fifty-eight million dollars for that to be our identity. Yeah, you know, we've seen other teams give quarterbacks big contract extensions, and then you're trying to be a power run team. I mean, personally, that's just stupid. Yeah, but that's why the team we about to play, the Browns, about to change. why you think they ain't paying Kareem Hunt? Because they know it got to change. You know, you got to go pay some more receivers, but uh, for Watson, so. Mm-hmm. That's about to change. You know what I'm saying? So, they ain't getting rid of Chubb, don't get me wrong. No, his carries just go down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he ain't going nowhere. But no. that's even going to change because you build around a franchise quarterback. They're so rare. Mm. You know, you got to build around it. I just think that we're putting too much in Josh's hands. Um, I think that at that point, right, so he's mature in every facet of his game. Right before our eyes. But one of the parts that he has said he's still immature in, and he's getting better at, is the hero ball. And that last interception versus Minnesota, that was a hero ball interception. A veteran quarterback and a quarterback. Which, which, the overtime one? The overtime one, the second interception. The first one, I think Pat P just got him. We should have brought, brought my we should have brought my brother. Uh, that first one wasn't on him either. We should have brought my brother in to talk about this one. Because... We, that last interception was not on Josh Allen. In that situation, damn, I wish I could call Rail right now. If you're a wide receiver, if you pay attention to the game, mm. Davis eyes, he's looking at the safety exactly where he's going to fit in in that zone. If it's a zone defense, anybody to tell you, you settle in the zone. Mm. You don't run. You don't run through a zone. You find a spot and you settle in the zone. You don't run through zone. You run through. You run man, man coverage. You run through. You find a spot. You settle in that spot in the zone. Dude, the man looking at the safety and he's drifting upfield. You got to, instead of drifting, where Patrick Peterson and all my guys that play for the UAS, drifters, no good. Undercut picks all day. You got to find that spot. You settle there. You become a, a, a stationary target. Mm-hmm. And he's drifting upfield. Patrick Peterson cut right under and then pick it off. If you watch it, he's drifting upfield, running a post. You got you to find that spot. You got to settle. You got to make yourself a target. But at the same time, as a quarterback, anytime you see a quarterback, pat, pat, double clutch, that normally does not end well. Josh had multiple times to think about it, and he saw Gabe drifting, but he trusted his arm talent a little bit too much once again. He's seen him drifting. Because what I can say is, I can. Ass- he was going to assume he was going to say, was it not trying to, he's not getting the pass, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. But at the same time, these guys, you got to realize how fast these guys moving, too, in real life time. Yeah. You know, okay, okay. You practice something all day. Okay, he's going to settle. He's going to settle. And you're hoping he's going to settle. It probably is 50-50 on Josh. Like, I hope he settle. I'm not sure, but let's hope he do. It was one of them right. But at the same time, it, it, it's blame to go around. But it, Dave Davis got to settle around, man. I guarantee you talk to him, he, he got to 
You can't just run it. You can't keep drifting upfield like that. No, I get it. But as a quarterback, you just – that's what I mean. Like, And we're going to live and die with Josh. I understand this. We're going to be living and die with Josh probably the next 12 years. And there's going to be more plays like this. And the majority of them are probably going to go our way. And there's going to be something like, why did you do it? You know, I, I get it. But in that situation, you got to think about situational football. It, it's what? It's, it's second and 10? It's, it's, it's going to be second and 10 if he doesn't complete that pass, right? That was, was, that was second and 10. So it's overtime. You're, you're easily in field goal range. You don't have to make the play. If it's not there, chuck it away or do what you did the last three out of four plays. Tuck it down, take the six, five, five to six yards, and, and have a short third down. The same thing we're discussing now. That's the reason we're going to win the Super Bowl with him. Oh, yeah. We're going to win. We're going to win. It, it, Mark it, me down. We're going to win a couple with him. Yeah, definitely. If not, if we might get on the run. You never know. But um, I, I like our chances with him for a long time. But it's those plays where you're going to be like, where you're going to be like, damn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you, you got to live and die with him. It's tough, you know. And what scares me is that we have a game coming against the Browns, where you you guys may get a couple feet of snow up there, and I don't feel like that works in our favor. It doesn't. And this is what I talk about: the unfamiliarity about a run game. And I know we were sitting on—I don't know—was last week we were sitting on the show talking about if the Bills didn't win the AFC East and they didn't have a home playoff game. I'm like, doesn't really bother me. Hell, I'd rather play the Dolphins in Miami in a playoff game anyway. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know what the weather is going to be in Buffalo, and you may get a game like this that doesn't work completely works against us. I think the Bills are going to whoop their behind, to be honest with you, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah they, the Browns going to be chanting one. Uh, you know, I think what they were looking for is they were they were hoping that they were around sitting around five hundred, maybe a game under five hundred by the time Deshaun Watson came back, and they could make a little run, and as that's dead. What's their record right now? think uh i'll check it out real quick uh somebody's in the chat can you put what their record is for me so i don't have to go to this computer screen it's i think it's like two and six or something like that i thought maybe two and seven i thought they only got two wins so but i don't know you know it's funny because like i tell you i was uh i had a conversation with richie incognito about i think two two weeks two sundays ago i was asking him about the run game and uh you know, I was asking how many reps was needed because, you know, we've talked about this on the show a thousand, thousand times. And you've always said, you know, it's about the reps. And he said, yeah. He said, what happens is the, the linemen feet go out. Um, it's all about footwork. And the more reps you have, Cody Wells, thank you. Appreciate it. Three and six. Um, the more reps you have is you, your footwork works automatically for you. And now we can tell that the Bills don't do a lot of inside run periods. Or at least elongated inside run periods. Long. And, and you know, and I got something for you too because you 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 always say this, right? You say the Bills don't practice the run because they're an elite passing team. And I and this week I had a gripe with that because I said, how the hell can we be an elite passing team if we got Isaiah McKenzie at number three? It's hard. I, he's a play, you know. He's been one of my favorite player for a couple years now. Boy, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm telling you, man. End of the day, I love him as a number four receiver, maybe number five. Number three, 
I can't do this anymore. I've been told you before they signed. I told you this last year. He's not that dude. You Mookie was on here with us. Oh man, Isaiah, man, you got to do this. And I'm sitting there. I look just like this, y'all. No. <laughs> yeah, find that clip. No. Uh, I mean, he, he's he's a compl- He's a, he's a he's a other. He's one of those guys where you, if you don't play game plan for him, give him some mismatches, he 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 get you. You know what I'm saying? He like, like the Patriots game. Where does dude come from? You get on game plan for him, something like that. Off script stuff, dude can play. He's not a bum, but it's like I just don't trust him. I told you he's too inconsistent. And look at yeah, uh, you know, uh, he's a number four. He's number four, and you need your number three receiver in this league to be. Very highly intelligent. A lot of times, this is why we want Odell Beckham on this roster because you can move Steph in, you can move Gabe in. Listen, Isaiah McKenzie, we've gotten massive value from him in the contracts that he's been given while in Buffalo. Okay, I think it was is this his fourth year here? Might be, yeah. And he may have made out of all four years, he may have made maybe five million dollars total since he's been here. Okay, so we've gotten massive return on his value. Absolutely. But I'm going to say something, and I mean, when it comes to football IQ, he is not the sharpest tool in the shed. That's why Crowder was brought here, man. And like I said, and I, I don't, you know, like I said, I, I, I try not, and I'm not getting personal with it. But, man, damn, that dude's football IQ was not that high, man. No, nah, no question, JT. Did they put... Um, Browder on the short term, term IR or out for the season? I don't know. I, they never, I never went back and checked, and they haven't released any information. So I mean, I mean, I think you could designate for IR. I think you could designate for eight weeks, though. Yeah, I can't because I know if you put, you could put somebody on season ending IR. Yeah, I don't think he got put on the season ending, not yet at least. Okay. I think they're just wait and see, but. Um, I think he's done for at least eight weeks, but we don't. They didn't say how bad he broke his ankle, or what he really did, or uh, what Ray Cruz said out for season last year. So I mean, maybe they did. I they're very, they were very mum on it. You know, we don't know if he just was getting a screw in his ankle. You know, if it's just fracture, we, we don't even know. But God, man, I mean, I don't. I, I just. I mean, I, at this point in time, I just give Shakira all the reps and say, hey, be developed by the time the playoff comes. Because I think having McKenzie out there as number three, it's it's almost it's a waste of our time at this point. And like I said before, he's a he's a very good football player, but it's hard to get him the ball too because his catch radius is so small. JT, he won't be here next year, bro. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and say I mean, the two million. Say two million. You're no longer. You're no longer. You're not gonna be a number three next year. You're no longer the punt returner. You're no longer the kick returner because you brought somebody off to practice squad to t- replace him as a kick returner. Mm. He's gone, bro. He's gone. It's just that's just that's keeping it a thou while. And Ray Cruz says they don't even run the jet sweep. You're right. They don't. Even, they don't even run that anymore. He he. Let's hope that he get hot, have some hot games with us, and help us with this Super Bowl run. But realistically, when you look at his value, you gone, man. I, like I said, when they, I told you before, when they offer him that contract, they offer him. They say, here, this is what we'll offer you. If you want to take it, take it. If you don't, that's fine. 
And he took it, and I think it was shocking to all of them. But, I mean, hey, man, you know, like I said, I, I, he has a role in this offense somewhere. I'm not, I'm not saying he, he doesn't have a role. He, yeah, what, we, the, we're not saying that he's a bum or anything like that, but we just disappointed on, on what we thought, what we heard all summer with people saying he, you know, he was going to do in a second the third, and what he's actually done has been disappointing. Well, I think it's been right on par with what he thought he was going to do. Like I said in this, I said in the offseason, listen, if this dude comes out and gives you 70 catches for like 700 yards as number three receiver, and at $2 million a clip and he resigned for that, I, that's amazing value. What are you at right now? Uh, let me go check it really quick. After I pull it, I'll pull that up for you. Um, yeah, I just, but, you know, I have very low expectations for him. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he, he's a great player to have on your roster. He's a great, obviously, he's a great, he's a great, Great locker room guy too. I don't. I don't want to take that from away, away from him. Hell of a locker room guy. So right now he's at twenty four catches for two hundred nineteen yards. Okay. That's where that's where he's at. But it's it's been a little. You know, it's been a little bit of a struggle. You know, it's been a lot of inconsistent play. So in the day, I don't know. I, I at this point, I would give Shakir the reps and just say, listen, you're number three. Um, get him more involved and, and, and call it a day. Because at this point, after this loss, this this loss may take us out the back of sweepstakes. Possible. Think, I don't think he's coming here anyway. I don't think so either. I, I thought he was going to Dallas the 49ers. And I think those both of those teams are better fits for him personally. I, I think we were being used as a uh, average. Well, I, I never thought he was coming here. No. If he come, cool. But It always, it always kind of felt like Vine was trying to convince him more, less to come here than it was that he was interested. Like I said, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But God knows we need him because this McKenzie at number three, like this, like you you've been saying a long time, this is gonna cost us a game at some point. One thing, have you seen Hines uh, catching? That's a natural return. Yeah, you know, look at the difference on him with back there punt returns. He's very calm. He's a natural returner. Now, right. you know, even McKenzie, he looks shaky at kick returns. Like, he's fast as heck. He's not just not a natural returner. Duke Williams or Duke Williams? Ah. Duke, Duke Johnson. <laughs> you know, he, they had to put him at a kick returns. He's just not fast, but he, he was making the right reads. And, you know, he's productive on kick returns last week, man. I, I was I was cool with it. Uh, he can hold down the spot till they pick up my brother next year, and he takes him to the crib. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and shout out to your brother too. Congratulations! Uh, what, what was he named today? Uh, he uh, finished uh, college football with us, the number one kick returner in the country. Yeah, number one kick returner in the country. Um, so just warming the spot up for real. You know, six one, two hundred and five pound receiver. It, you know, bring him home. Bring him home, Bills. Bring him home. Duke, Duke Johnson was returning kicks last game. That's who was returning kicks. Duke Johnson, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's gonna retain. I mean, I don't know if the Bills are gonna put five running backs in the roster again. It's, it's possible, but we should have. Right. It, it ha- if anything is gonna happen again this week with that weather, oh, you're gonna have to this week. Yeah, you're gonna have to this week. That's for sure. Um, I know a lot of people too were asking about Nime Hines and uh, what his role in his office is gonna be, and you know why they're not using him yet. It it's gonna take it's gonna take him a little because remember he got traded midweek too, so. It's gonna take him a little time to get acclimated. You, you, they they probably had a small package of plays for him involved 
just for this week alone. You know, and he got him in there. Boy, it's going to take probably, what do you think, about four weeks to pretty much get him acclimated to incorporate the offense? What do you say? It's a complex offense they run. Yeah. It's not an easy offense to get, so take them a few weeks. And, and they not, once again, I don't know why fans are rushing it. Like, yo, relax, y'all. Relax. They're not forcing it. Oh, put them in. Oh, the fans want them to get 12 carries. Oh, chill the heck out. They could. Trusted, they got a plan in place. I trust this regime, man. They, 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 all right, they gonna get him the ball, they gonna, they gonna work it out. He, they didn't trade for him for no reason. He's going to get the ball, he's getting paid good money. They're going to mm-hmm. use him, trust me. Oh, yeah, they're gonna use him, they're gonna use him for sure. Um, I don't know, man. It's like I said, I, I'm not hitting the panic button. Like I said, they lose this game versus the Browns. Yeah, I'm gonna feel a little uneasy. I'm not gonna lie. We got, yeah. I think this. I think this is a team that these next two games are teams they should win. Actually, next week I think we got the Patriots. Are the Patriots right after the uh, the Lions? Like these are three games that we should win. I have no respect for New England. I know they're five and four. They're a tough, gritty team. But if the Bills are a tier one team, which I believe they are, and most analysts are not removing them even with the loss from that tier, then you should go out and you should really beat these three teams up. If we go on a three-game winning streak, will this game even matter? No. If we get nine and three, who's going to land in their bed a month from now and say, we lost to the Vikings? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to matter. No, it's not. We just want to get hot at the right time. Because last year, you know, we we got hot, but Mm. we didn't get over that hump. I care about getting over that hump. Yeah. I'll say one thing, though, right? This arm injury to Allen, and as weird as it may say, sound, like, bear with me, people. You know I say weird shit at times. This arm injury may be one of the best things that, that's going to happen for him this season. The reason being is he doesn't have his arm to fully utilize and load it up and just throw and, and, and bail throw everything and bail him out of every situation, right? So yeah. he has to go through his reads. He has to make the proper reads. He has to check down. He has to utilize the middle of the field. These are all things that Josh Allen did during that stretch where he was just going bonkers when we played NFC West, when we played the Rams, the Seahawks, and those guys, I think, two years ago. This was all the things that he was doing that was making him, like, possibly the best quarterback in the league because we knew he had the arm talent, but he wasn't using it all the time. He was taking a seven, taking a five, taking a six, taking an eight, and then, boom, as soon as you start creeping up, oh, yeah, you forgot. I got this bazooka on my, on my right arm. And now I'm going to chuck it for 50 yards, and now it's a 70-yard touchdown. He needs to get back to that because I'm thinking he's getting away from it. He's pressing, and, you know, he's going against guys like Sauce Gardner. And uh, you can see these guys chirping at him and and talking. He's a competitor. So I can see that the competitor to him is like, I got you. I'm about to throw this touchdown. I'm going to wing this in here. And this is what's leading to turnovers. And I know a lot of people are talking about in that Bills game about the field goal that the Bills did not kick. To go up by 13. Before I finish with this Josh. I'm going to finish with Josh. But then I'll go to that kick off. This may reset him. And get him back. Going through his progressions. Taking his underneath. And if he does that. That arm is going to heal. And when it heals. He's going to be back to the form he was two years ago. With making the right reads. And taking what the defense gives him. And that's the Josh Allen that's most dangerous. It's just take what the defense gives him. That's what Aaron Rodgers has done for 20 years. That's what Tom Brady has done for 20 years. That would make them dangerous. It's not so much utilizing your arm. That's Brett Farvish. Which we always get the comparison to. But that's why Brett Favre has one Super Bowl. 
That's why Tom Brady has seven. It's a difference. Um, a lot of people talk about that field goal the Bills didn't kick. There was no point of the Bills kicking the field goal to go up by 13 points in, inside the 15-yard line. There was really no reason. There was really no point of it. Now, not in the game, those three points mattered. And I know a lot of people say, oh, well, look, those three points matter. No. They didn't matter as much as you think they did. You know what points matter? The two interceptions and the fumble in the red zone. Because if you you could easily say that even Tyler Bass misses one chip shot field goal, those are six points. Those points matter, just like they matter versus the Jets last week. Turnovers Wait. in the red zone. Oh no, JT. So we had the we had five turnovers. We had four. So we had the two Josh Pitt. Two Pat two Pat Pete interceptions interceptions in the end zone, Devin Singletary fumble, and then the fumble and then the quarterback sneak fumble. Yep. I don't know why I was thinking it was another one. And all three of those other turnovers were in the red zone. Mm-hmm. You if can't I'm, have that. Like once again, I look at it different. If I'm a I'm not mad because I understand what happened. If I'm a Vikings fan, I'm a Vikings player, I'm saying O S H I T, we had all these opportunities and we barely won. Oh, the Vikings ain't saying that. They they just riding the wave. They just happen to be winning. They don't care. <laughs> they gonna get to the playoffs and get bounced out, man. They just have they they along for the ride. Kirk Cousins is just happy somebody's not talking bad about them. Okay, <laughs> they don't they don't they don't care. Oh, uh, but no, I mean, but it really made no sense for the Bills to kick the field goal. Now, only thing I would have liked if you knew that you were two down territory, which I think we knew that they were two, two down territory, barring any penalties. You should have ran the ball on third down and tried to get it. Even if you got a half a yard, you, you cut it down. If you get nothing, it's the same possession, but you threw the ball twice. And this is what I'm talking about, unfamiliar territory and not having that running game or that short yards running game to rely on. Because something like that, two down territory, try to get the you, you try to run the ball first. That's just kind of rule of thumb. Run the ball, see if you can get it. If you can't get it, okay, we're going for it anyway. But then if it's four for one or four for inches, you have a lot of things at your your, um, um, your fingertips, whether it's a goal line formation and a play-action pass. You know, different things like that. You know, maybe it's a QB sweep. Maybe you do bring that QB sweep. I doubt it with Allen's elbow, and I didn't like the fact that he tried. He got frustrated and tried to punch the ball out with that elbow that's all casted up and wrapped up. You know, that guy, he got to be a little bit smarter than that. Can't let the competitor come out too much. Um, but I just feel like uh, that's kind of highlights my point of the running game. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. But please stop with the. They should have kicked the field goal. No, they, that no and no one's gonna kick that field goal. Like that, it's no point. It puts you up by thirteen. It, it changes nothing. Do a two possession game. Still a two-possession game. If you make that, if you get the touchdown there, you make it a three-possession game, this game is over. We're not even having this conversation. This title is not Bills lose the epic fashion the Vikings. It's probably Josh Allen wins with gutsy effort. Yeah, with a sore elbow. Yeah, okay? So, stop. There was no reason for it. No, and, and like I said, me and James, we don't do analytics like that. But in that case, that's just kind of, to me, common sense and analytics say to go for it. So, And you have Josh Allen. Two yards, right? We've begged so. for a franchise quarterback for years to be in this like that. This is what we want. Long got, to, got to trust them. But other than that, man, we got the Browns coming up, and uh, 
yeah, I mean, we should be back uh, next week. I got to check the work schedule next week and see what day will be live. Uh, maybe we have Sarah back next week. I'm not sure. I think she's recording tonight. I think she records her on Tuesday. So we're actually back on Tuesday, like our regular schedule. And uh, any final thoughts, man, before we get up out of here? Thing? Relax, 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 <laughs> relax. They good. I got a good feeling about this team. They good. They got some great leadership, Bob Miller and the guys. We good. And don't forget, a lot of studs out there that, that was that's injured. And these dudes are still beating people and coming close to beating the elite teams with all these injuries. We good, man. Relax, y'all. How long do you think Poyer's out for? I said him another week. So I, we I would tell I wouldn't even want Trey out there this week either. I'd say sit. Yeah. I want these boys healthy for that stretch, man. Yeah. It's a real stretch. So either way, man, I mean that's that's the show. I want to thank you guys for tuning in as always. It's another personal just bills. I'm your host JT. Got my guy James Mallory. And uh we will catch you guys next week. I'm thinking I'm thinking Tuesday would be fine. Like I said, I'll I'll check it. Um and make sure. But other than that, I mean, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it. I will catch you guys later. As always, thanks for hey, tuning in. Peace. Next week. Uh...